0: I'm getting some really strange readings in here. A missing crew. This place is a tomb.
1: DJ, where are you?
0: And infinite evil. This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows what it's brought back with it? Making! I want off this ship! I can't leave. Mm -hmm. She won't let you. Hmm? Event Horizon. Welcome back to the show, friends. Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm Angela Yoshiko.
1: I'm Tyler. It's a spooky episode today.
0: Spooky. Scary.
1: (laughs) Let's just play that as a clip. Okay. The full Werewolf Bar Mitzvah by Tracy Morgan.
0: Yeah, you betcha. Great. By the end of the show, I'm sure I will find a time to play it. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about... A favorite of mine from 1997, Event Horizon. A favorite. A favorite. Bold. A bold statement by me, um, but let's talk about what we've been watching recently. It is the month of October, right. so uh, you know Halloween's coming. What have you uh, been watching this oh Halloween? Didn't you just start something that was spooky, I did. scary? I did, did I?
1: Didn't you start the new spooky adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch?
0: Yeah, so uh, confession here is an old millennial. I grew up watching a little thing called TGIF. Of
1: course, we all did.
0: And if you didn't, you're not an old millennial. Get the f*** out of here.
1: Yeah, probably. I
0: mean, it, And uh, if you're not, it's a, you know, a program, a set of shows that was on on Fridays on whatever channel. ABC, and, and
1: Sabrina was a, probably one of the later, last of the t j f lineups, yes, uh, yeah,
0: yes, so I was very guilty of enjoying Sabrina the Teenage, which, <laughs> as you've heard me talk about before, I have a you know a guilty pleasure of like things that have to do with magic and stuff, sure, um, but I really liked uh what's her name,
1: Melissa Joan Hart, and yes. my problem with Sabrina the Teenage, which has always been because I was a Clarissa explains it all purist, so I was not a fan of any new show in which she was not playing clarissa
0: whereas i was a poor kid without nickelodeon cable tv so i didn't know what that was
1: it's a great show is what it was i know
0: you've tried to tell me all about it several times anyway so i liked that show growing up so i was kind of excited to uh hear that they were rebooting it which normally irritates me but when it's like a a show about magic and it's like we're gonna make it a little bit darker then i'm like ooh, this sounds interesting (laughs) and it has uh what's her name for mad men I
1: I I really like her. I I don't want to say her name out loud because I might mispronounce it, but she's from Mad Men. She's like the girl, Sally Draper. Uh, yeah, she's great.
0: Why don't I, you want to say her name? What is know, it? It's like Kiernan. I don't know. I don't want to say it and mess it up. Just oh, look it up. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> she was good on Mad Men. She, great on
1: Mad Men. I think she was great on Mad Men. She
0: kind of grew up on Mad Men. She, she was did. pretty young when she started, it seemed like. Some a few episodes in, and it's... It's, like, I'm enjoying it, but I don't know if I can measure it with, like, a good quality standard that other people would uh, measure by. So I'm going to say it's it's not, like, moving me. Like, I'm not super excited about it. I mean, I'm totally enjoying it, but, uh, yeah, it's fine.
1: It, it does. I think when people were, like, I think the showrunners were talking about maybe crossing over the Riverdale. That gave me the idea that this was, like, that... It's a CW type of, uh, you like Supernatural, but, you know, like one of those kind of kind of shows, which you always put into a certain category when you describe them, which is usually the category of, yeah, I like it, but Tyler, don't watch it. Yeah. And you're usually pretty right about that. I don't care about this stuff, so.
0: Yeah, I enjoy it. It's a guilty pleasure, but, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the main character's a teenager. I think she's pretty good. The adult actors are some recognizable people, and they're pretty good in it, but the it's nothing like really, you know.
1: Well, it's. Not, I think I read that Netflix, when they ordered it to series, they did order at least two seasons. So it's not going to be one of these that gets canceled. Netflix are actually canceling shows now, so. They are. You can't, uh, you can't count on, uh, you know, shows to hang around like you used to in there because they've got so many, but it will get at least a second uh, season, so nice. there you go.
0: And I started that show because I finally finished Iron Fist. Oh, we don't need
1: to talk about that, do we?
0: Well, I'm done. I'm like, here, let's hear a round of applause. I finally finished it.
1: Well, that's the last you'll ever see of the Iron Fist show because that was it, right?
0: I mean, to be honest, I didn't hate that show. Well, no, yeah,
1: it's fine. Whatever. I don't know. I don't watch these shows. <laughs>
0: I mean there were some okay characters in it. Okay. But the main character was the least interesting character. That I was the this. problem. This last episode if you haven't seen it, you just it, I'm sorry, but there's a character with dissociative uh disorder, that's multiple personality. So that's an interesting you know, you don't get to see that. That's always fun to watch, I feel like, on screen.
1: Right. You know, I, well, I can only really, the most recent example of that would be like Split, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people in the the real world. Is it one of those situations where it's more like what real version of that is, or is it like movie version of that? It's like
0: movie version. Because
1: psychiatrists always complain about the movie version, which they say Split's dangerous. Nobody, people aren't serial killers that do this and et cetera, et cetera, which I get. But it's a movie. It's fine, right? It's just like a thing where a guy's like a superhero villain guy, right?
0: It's like a thing. I think that's probably the character I'm most mad about that the show is canceled because at, towards the end of it, she discovers that she ha- they, there's only two personalities, so that's it's not too complex. So far. But at the end, she they realize that she has a kind of a third personality that neither of the two main ones are aware of, so they're kind of terrified of it because it's like a really scary one, but... You don't get to see because the show is canceled. Like The Beast. So much for that.
1: But you can watch Um, Glass and that comes out and you will can see James McAvoy do the same thing in a theatrical form. So be happy.
0: Be happy. Other than that, I haven't seen anything in theaters, but you have seen some stuff. I did. I did see.
1: So this was a week of uh, Halloween. It's not a remake. It's a direct sequel to the original film. Gosh, it made a ton of money at the box office. Ridiculous amounts of money. It was actually a good sequel for me because I have only really, I I enjoy the first Halloween movie back from like 1978, 79. I think that's a good movie. Uh, definitely like a landmark of the slasher genre. And the only, uh, but the only other uh, Halloween movie that I've seen, I think I may have, may have seen part of the H201 because <laughs> it was the 90s and I saw everything. But I had only ever seen Number three, which is Season of the Witch, which doesn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. And I had watched that because I had heard it was crazy and it, it filled my like bad movie craving. I think that movie's really fun and crazy and, and silly. And I like that one. But I don't know about all the other nonsense in the other Halloween movies, which is good because the new movie ignores everything except for the first Halloween. So Jamie Lee Curtis is back and she has been, uh, living secluded but she's uh, she's been terrorized by the incidents of of the first Halloween but they're not like they've gotten rid of the whole like she's the sister of Michael Myers the killer so all that stuff's gone and so you just get a straight sequel to that one so hey when I went in I knew what was going on it all made sense um it's it's fine I don't know like it's a slasher movie I these yeah. aren't this is not me. genre typical genre I like I said I like some some movies in that genre, I like the original Howl. I knew what he was doing, that's for sure. Um, it's not it's, a new
0: take on anything. It's
1: fine. Danny McBride is a co-writer on it, and it's David Weird. Gordon Green, which I like as a director. Wait,
0: Danny McBride? Yeah,
1: like Kenny Powers, Danny okay, McBride. Okay, that's what I was
0: thinking about. I was like, oh, do I have this one? <laughs> and
1: wrong? as a result, you see his fingerprints, there's some funny parts oh. like a little bit more than usual in this uh sort of movie so i appreciated that the score is by carpenter came back to do the score with like i think a son or something and that's great it's mm-hmm. like the classic halloween score plus it's just like updated so that was really cool and Jamie lee curtis is i love her and everything so yes i enjoyed her but
0: i mean whatever it was fine i don't know did she <laughs> switch bodies with anybody
1: no oh. no switching bodies in this movie was, stays was a little bit with lindsay more. lowen in it no, Judy Greer's in it. She loves Judy Greer. And I everything. do like Judy Everybody Greer. Everybody likes Judy Greer. She's in it. She has a, eh, she could have had more to do, but that's kind of the case with Judy Greer always. It's always like, oh, they should have given Judy Greer more to do. It's kind of like, every, every time she appears in anything, that's what I think, but it's fine. Like, I don't have any gripes about it really. It's just like, it's not my, I'm not like clamoring for the next one, because, you know, they'll just keep, it was a yes. huge hit, so they'll just make another one, another one, another one. Better and,
0: than the, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes. Yeah, well, so – but
1: the Halloween's so confusing because it, we already – it's not a – it's a sequel but we already – Rob Zombie rebooted these things a couple, just a few years ago and the first one went over well but then the second one was not received well. So we dumped all that and so there's been reboots and all this other stuff and, yeah, I don't know. I don't keep up on that stuff. I like the first Halloween and I, I like that movie more than I like – um like the Friday the 13th movies I don't care about – Um Texas Chainsaw, I think the first one is is interesting, but I don't care about those. And like the first Nightmare on Elm Street is interesting. Again, one, the first one. I don't know much beyond the other ones. I lose interest with all that stuff. So at, at least it, I felt like I was in the loop on this mm-hmm. one. But uh, yeah, it's um,
0: What would you end up thinking about that uh, horror movie that was made, Um, that project movie with uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? Remember that season where they did a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> what was that show called?
1: It was called Project Greenlight. And it was like their third season of Project Greenlight and they did a horror movie and it was like Wes Craven was one of the um, consultants, like people that chose the script before he died. Mm -hmm. And um, this is all during that icky time where like, the Weinstein's are like a thing, and like mm-hmm. Ben Affleck's calling Mr. Bob or Harvey Weinstein about stuff. And now you think back on it, you are like, "Ew, Ooh. that guy was like locking women in his hotel room. Great, um, yeah, not good to think about that." I remember what was it called, like Feast or
0: something. Yeah, I think so. It That's was so
1: fine. I mean, yeah, it was just what it was. It wasn't like bad, but it it was just like this ninety minute like thing. I don't know. Um, well, I had a weird question to ask. I me.
0: don't know. I think when I, watching that season of Project Greenlight, yeah. was kind of a fun behind the scenes. I know it was there. He's a n- new filmmaker, so it's not like probably real accurate, but it was a fun behind the scenes of kind of making a horror movie, and even just like the casting and how they pick people and fitting the certain roles and.
1: What I think is funny is that I think we must have watched that together, mm-hmm. but you had not seen like the previous two seasons of Project Greenlight. So that's why you have that better memory because it, that was something that was, I think was going on in high school or something for oh, yeah. for me. So that was probably why you have a better memory of that. And maybe, I think we went back and watched those because they were yeah. like on streaming or something. Yeah. But but yeah, interesting. Because yeah, because that was the the second season was the Shia LaBeouf season. We might, no, I think Shik- we
0: watched that with Amy Smart or whatever. Yeah,
1: she was in that. Yeah, yeah, she was in that movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm not
0: big into horror horror movies like that
1: either I'm, so it's weird we're it's, it's october i this is about the only time of year that i really like clamor for some of this stuff um just for a little bit though then i'm like usually over it after a couple weeks it's not my it's not my main genre but i do appreciate a good i i like look i like good stuff i guess i just i'm not as forgiving to the i like i like lousy action movies like crazy yes. i'll watch those like all the time i have a less propensity to watch like a lousy horror movie to me that's yeah. not as fun so. i
0: like thrillers more than yeah. horrors so like, uh, uh, yeah, you can scare the shit out of me, but at some point the gore hits a level where I'm not interested.
1: I yeah, I mean, I'm not like a was gore in the movie we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, sure is. Gore to me, it's not generally gore doesn't like bother me, but it also doesn't like do much for me either. I don't, I don't get excitement from it, so it's yeah. not uh it's not something that it's like I I'm ambivalent toward it, so it yeah. doesn't give me one way or the other. So but this year instead of um I so I do like to, that kind of leads me into my next thing. I did got on on the eBay. I bought a Blu-ray set of The Universal Monster Classic Movies. Not like the big big set, but like
0: Did you do it because you were so excited after we watched uh Monster Squad?
1: You bet your ass that I did it after. So that. if
0: uh yeah if you're just tuning in for the first time, go back and listen a couple, couple episodes ago uh Monster Squad where we talk about Monster Squad, which features some Universal... Some of the classic... Right. Yeah. The classic
1: Universal Monsters, but they didn't have the rights exactly to those versions, so they're slightly different. But yeah, so I ended up just wanting... I don't have... I have like a DVD of the Abbott and Costello ones, which are fun in their own right, but I don't have like copies of those old ones, and it's been a while. So it's like an 8-disc set. It has like the first one of all these classic things. So I have been watching some of these holding our uh child at night. Uh, well, he doesn't go to sleep. Um, well, the first I've watched four so far. I've watched uh, the original Dracula with uh, Bella Lugosi, which I had seen before. Mm-hmm. And then I watched uh, Frankenstein, which as I was watching it, that's the Boris Karloff one. I Obviously very familiar because it's a familiar story, but mm-hmm. not entirely sure if I had watched a full sitting of that movie as I was watching it. And then uh, The Mummy... Which was always my favorite monster growing up. Which is you made fun of me on that Monster Squad podcast about. Yes,
0: who's who <laughs> has that is their favorite monster? I, don't know. Like, I like the Mummy because I
1: that was probably the first of these movies that I had seen because I saw that in like elementary school. The Boris Karloff. But what's mummy. funny
0: about it? Okay, go and I ahead. and I
1: dressed up for Halloween as a Mummy. But in and... the
0: movie, so I Tyler had you started this movie. You
1: watched some. I probably came half in, of it. Yeah. Sat
0: down, watched a little bit of it. Right. He's not dressed. As a wrapped up mummy. <laughs>
1: no. Only for like the first uh, like five minutes does he look like that.
0: Oh, he does in the yeah. beginning.
1: And he get, escapes and then he turns in. It's kind of like how the new Brendan Fraser one, he doesn't like the mummy in that, like just looks like the actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he undoes this thing. He Later they bring in some CGI ones or whatever to fight, little, little minion ones. But but yeah, no, like the he, he's he got makeup on, so he looks weird because they've put makeup and stuff on him, but he doesn't have like the, the full on... Uh, cloth ro- things wrapping around him, no. So,
0: question, on Halloween, if I show right. up to work with maybe just, like, no makeup, can I just be like, I'm the mummy?
1: No, because you don't look like Boris Karloff. And they're oh. a weird-looking guy.
0: But so I could be a mummy. You
1: could be. Like, yeah, they made that Tom Cruise one, and they cast a gorgeous actress, in which she just looked gorgeous the whole movie, which was, movie was a little saw bit saw that
0: movie. We all knew that movie was going to be dog shit I didn't see that still
1: movie. Still? No, I... It was on HBO, man. We have, like, basic... We don't... Be, we basically don't pay for that HBO subscription. It is, like, a, a slight and add-on. You still
0: spent time and energy.
1: It was on, and I watched it, and it's terrible, but I did... You know, I was just curiosity. I like The Mummy. I wanted to watch so it. So back
0: to the old Mummy, now that you went back and watched it. Yeah, you...
1: and then the other... Oh, the fourth one I had watched was The Wolfman, the original Wolfman, which I... That was another one I didn't have a great memory of when I was, when I was watching it. It seemed newer to me uh, with Lon Chaney uh, Jr., but... Yeah, so of the four, I feel like um Dracula to me is just, like my favorite like movie movie of the four. It's um it's great I watched the these Blu-rays are kind of great. They're they're made in, like the I mean the Blu-rays are newish, but the the special features and stuff like that were made for a DVD that happened like early 2000s or whatever. And so the, on the Dracula one, they, they like a Philip Glass, uh, he did a whole new orchestral score for Dracula cause they didn't have one. So I watched it with that on cause I had seen it before and that was really cool. I mean, it, it definitely was like, didn't feel like it was in place because it sounded too new or whatever, but it was really cool. It kind of added this extra element to it. And I like that belly, belly, Bella Lugosi performance. So that one to me was like the one that, that I really enjoyed the most, um, I liked all of them, though. I enjoyed it. The Mummy Is I mean, it's just, you know, the budgets and and what you could show and not show and the time periods is really interesting. Like, there's just a lot of, like, things that you you just... Things that you just take for granted in, like, horror movies. They have to, like, kind of skip over in these older movies. Like, death. Although, randomly, they'll show, like, an impalement. Or Frankenstein will throw a child into a lake and drown her. And you're just like, oh! (laughs) Like, and that was... If you look back and read about it obviously they had some trouble with the censors on that one but yeah um but they're good they're fun. I like I like going back and watching them. I get um enjoyment out of seeing things that have that atmosphere and yes, you know, it, they feel outdated to modern filmmaking, but they are I don't know, the storytelling sound and they're they, they are very influential and they still are fun to watch and they're like an hour and 5 minutes. I can yes. just burn through them
0: yeah I think that what I noticed immediately, which it was an annoying comment by me, was like it's real close
1: <laughs> right 'cause it's everything's real and they you know they film them faster, so there's a lot of like just two shots of people talking in a frame, so oh, they're no. talking very close' oh, to they're each like other. they're
0: like right. half an inch away from each other's mouths talking right a lot of close talking, but then you pointed out it's because they don't have the
1: well and the frame is just not the frame yeah is I not mean because it's mostly the thirties and forties these movies and
0: I just yeah
1: i I like that stuff. I think Dracula in particular looks really good. The Blu-ray version of that looked uh, amazing. Like oh. whatever they did to restore it, it looks That's really I watched cool. That one. Yeah, I, and you would know. I mean, just because you know that story from all the various versions, you would probably pick up on it and just kind of. It feels familiar, even if you've never seen it. Same oh. with Frankenstein. I mean, if you've never really even seen Frankenstein, you know that story, so it feels easy to watch. The other two, maybe less so, but cool. Um, Really cool. The other funny thing about them, so they, yeah, they the bonus features came. These clearly were made, in like the late '90s or something like that. For the Mummy, they're talking about the Brendan Fraser. Like the first one had already come out and become a hit, so they're real high on it. But clearly, Mm. they put it out for like the Mummy Returns. Mm. So they're talking about we was like we topped ourselves, guys. It's so great. And if anybody remembers, this is what I do every time I watch the Mummy, old ones. I just I want to watch. I get excited about like cuz I like that Brendan Fraser that first uh, Brendan Fraser first one it's really fun I think and I remember going to see that one and then I'm like I want to watch all of them and then you and then I have gotten better at this over the years I remember that like no the sequels are actually very terrible real bad <laughs> and the special features for the this old disc is just like the mummy 2 is so great we're just like no it's not no it's not but like the other ones are so funny cuz they're just like That's what dates it more than anything. Like, the bonus features are clearly just made for, like, they were just the nine, like, special features are just made differently, and it's just a little bit corny, and the little anecdotes are very corny, and it's just, it feels like a relic of that time, which is funny, because you're watching, like, this thing from the thirties and forties, but I'm, like, (laughs) feeling nostalgic for, like, the way that the documentary behind the scenes things are playing, because I'm like, oh, look at that. We used to do things differently in the nineties when we did the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, It's a good purchase. Great deal I'm, uh, I'm not even, I'm halfway through my set. I can watch more over the next few days. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited about it. That's it. That's probably all I could talk about. Okay. It's a spooky episode. We can focus it's a spooky on the spooky episode.
0: Stuff. It's very late at night. It's it a al- it's a 11:15 p.m. Oh. This is a first for us where we are recording a podcast the same night that we watched the movie.
1: We watched it just we just finished it.
0: We just finished. That's possible. Event Horizon. And according to uh, one guy on YouTube, this is the best part of Event Horizon. A quick 10 second clip to kick us off. Are you ready, Tyler? hmm We're leaving. So I just feel like that really uh, does a good job of encapsulating the highlight of what we're going to talk about today. But before we jump in, okay. before we jump in, uh, we have to do a little thing called What Do You Remember? Right. Where we take 30 seconds before we watch the movie to try to write down the plot uh, that we remember about the movie. Okay, So uh, who wants to go first tonight?
1: I'll go first because you can do yours. You, We chose this movie because you have a very... Sp- this is one of five movies in the entire world that you have a very specific... Potentially scarring memory of watching. It's still
0: not a detailed memory like you, but I I have a memory of actually seeing this growing up. What I
1: wrote is not specific to this. I can talk a little bit about my first experience watching it. But I said, Larry Fishburne, Dr. Alan Grant, and others investigate an abandoned spaceship. Then some weird stuff starts happening, and Dr. Alan Grant loses his shit. It was scary when I saw it, but maybe I was young and dumb. And that's my reaction.
0: And that's your reaction. Yeah. Here's what I wrote. Some people go out in space to save some other people. They find the ship, and some super scary stuff happens. Super scary. I feel like that perfectly describes the movie. That's exactly what happens. I was totally right on. So I'll just jump into my memory of uh, watching this. So this movie came out in 1997. Mm -hmm. Should we do some high stats real quick?
1: Hey, do the high stats.
0: Let's do that. High stats. Great. So, Event Horizon came out in August, 1997. Yep. Rated R. Oh, yeah. Funny, it was first rated NC-17 well, on they, its first pass. They
1: did get an NC-17 rating on the first pass. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, turmoil on this one we can get into a little bit. So Yeah.
0: Um, it clocks in at a very c- quick-paced, <laughs> one hour, 36 minutes.
1: That's why we can do this podcast tonight, because it's so fast.
0: Yeah. Um... I said it was rated R, right?
1: You sure did. What was the box office? What did it open like?
0: Ooh, oh, it was so sad. So the budget was what? Was your guess like
1: sixty million?
0: Yeah, sixty million. Yep. It grossed
1: like total or opening weekend?
0: Um, both. Give me both.
1: Opening weekend, what? Twelve million? Nine and a half. Yeah. All right, and then maybe maybe like a thirty-five total.
0: Uh, Twenty-six.
1: Ooh, it really dropped off.
0: <laughs> so it it was
1: considered just a, just a bomb. But it was.
0: Then uh, home DVD sales or whatever home it was... sales.
1: It was a robust rental. Yeah, it was a big popular thing. And that's where I believe we both... I didn't see this in theaters. Did not see it in theaters We both saw this on video. But notably, on video in, like, whenever it came out, 1997, 1998. Yeah. So how old were we?
0: I, I was mean, like fourteen.
1: Yeah, okay, that's fine. We're age appropriate, but
0: sort of for a rated R movie. Yeah, it
1: depends. It depends on the kid. I mean, I had I had seen some R rated movies. Yeah, but... we know you had. Yeah, your oh,
0: parents yeah. were irresponsible. Maybe, Just but kidding.
1: there were some people that you watched it with and maybe <laughs> yeah. weren't.
0: Yeah. So, um, two of my cousins growing up who are like brothers to me. Uh, Tommy and DJ They're four and six years younger than me So they had to have been If I was 14 They were 10 and 8 And I don't remember I remember we were at their house So either their mom rented it for us Or someone was babysitting us So like you're our, off the
1: hook For like the, being the one that yes, chose it okay.
0: I was not babysitting I was being babysat with them Are
1: oh, you 14 year olds being babysat?
0: Oh yeah, I can't be trusted <laughs> I was not responsible Fair That's enough That's actually a really good question I think maybe I was just spending the weekend with them Hanging out oh, Okay That's the thing we did Right. Yeah, you know, cousins do that sort of thing. Hang sure. Um So we rented *Event Horizon*. I remember being in the video store and being we like, "Ah, oh, this looks good. It's like a movie about space, mm-hmm. right?" And and this was a back in the day. You you didn't watch trailers. You didn't check. You read the back of the rental right. and you're like, "Cool, sounds great." <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we were watching it late at night. God, I don't remember if any of the adults or if it was just the three of us. I think an adult was watching it with us. One of our aunts uncles, something like that. They clearly fell asleep during the movie, so the three of us watched the whole fucking thing. There's no time
1: to fall asleep in this movie. It, like, well, goes right we, away.
0: I mean, you can relate. You're an old person now. I guess, yeah. You know, you got kids, you're exhausted. Um, So we watched it, and it traumatized all of us, particularly the 10- and 8-year-old. <laughs> I texted them before we did this podcast just to ask them what they remembered, and uh this is what one of them says. "Ha! All I remember is it was scary, and sleeping was off the table for a while. <laughs> at least not without the lights on or the covers completely over the head and the jurassic park guy was the devil or possessed <laughs> i have to say that's a pretty good memory for someone who watched it at age like 10 11 and probably hasn't
1: returned to it no
0: right definitely not and he goes haha yeah dj his younger brother didn't sleep much after i do remember watching canine or some <laughs> dog movie after that it didn't help i do i kind of remember that i think we were so scared we we're like i think one of us was like well maybe if we just like watch a different movie we won't be so scared i think it was it was beyond trauma. i think we were scared shitless like for reals like scared 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 like so crying I, like we probably wanted to cry
1: i know tommy and dj and, and they're very both very sweet uh great guys and so it's hilarious this the story to me is so funny <laughs> Um, because I'm just, I can, I I can visualize them, like, being traumatized as, because they're the type of people, I don't, this is not true of everybody, but they're the type of people that you can just kind of, I didn't know them as children, obviously. Yeah. But you can envision how they were a little bit, because they just have a certain demeanor that you're just like, oh, I know what that is, like, as a kid, and it's adorable. And it's adorable. Right. So, I can just see that, and then knowing this movie, especially now watching it recently, like, what you guys were clearly responding to, because it's not... I don't know if it's so much a like, like traditional, like, how to scare someone in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just the demonic visuals. Yeah. <laughs> it's full of demonic visuals. And Which if are you've ten never seen that, um, <laughs> this is not the movie to watch. <laughs> Cause I don't know if it's like necessarily scary, but if you've never experienced mm-hmm. this kind of mm-hmm. thing, and mm-hmm. there's movies that have done this, and we'll oh, talk for about sure. what this apes and all that, but, if you've never seen that and you watch this, you're like, "Holy shit!" This movie is like the devil work. It is yeah. like made by the devil to like to convince me to like never miss church and to like, yeah. Uh, yeah, always and always listen to Larry Fishburne. But
0: let's just say at that point, I mean, the majority of our time um, at that age, I remember was spent um, watching Power Rangers. Legit, <laughs> right. we would all watch Power Rangers. Right. Um, pl- playing Sega. And Super Nintendo for whatever it was at the time.
1: Playing Mortal Kombat.
0: We were playing Mortal Kombat at the time. Oh, that was a game.
1: Well, I'll come back in a minute.
0: That will come back in a minute. Uh. Um. So yeah, we didn't watch a lot of like scary movies. We were we were still like still playing hide and seek in the house.
1: Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure we either I re- saw this as a rental or ended up on HBO and watched it and I remember watching it. Um late and remember just thinking like oh it's like a spooky scary like a spaceship movie or whatever and then being like what the f- this is no this is messed up like it because it i think it was one of those movies where it, it's just there's the gore or it's maybe the implied gore because it well there's some good 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 time gore in this but like when you're that age you haven't seen a ton of it yet uh-uh. so yeah it this this one this one I thought was scary when I saw it and have a memory of it being scary.
0: What year did the cell come out?
1: That's like 99 or 2000.
0: Okay, that's 2000. Which also is scary imagery, That also scared me a lot. Which is
1: yeah, and you know, I don't that we maybe we'll do that eventually. That's one that doesn't uh doesn't hold up as well in terms of just um it's it scares I guess, yeah. but uh, but this one yeah I mean you can when you watch it now you definitely be like oh yeah no that would scare a child oh no, oh yeah that would scare a child and wait the beloved Doctor Alan Grant uh, gouges his own eyes out oh yeah no that would scare a child especially a child obsessed with Jurassic Park yeah no that would be um yeah I mean okay so Sam Neil clearly like
0: see I think we were like hey look it's a space movie with the Jurassic Park guy it comes out in ninety seven. <laughs>
1: Okay, so Sam Neil is—I mean, he's—he's a—he's Doctor he's Alan a star. Grant. He's dressed. I mean, he's been in other things, obviously. People felt very well respected actor, but he's not in the Lost World because he wasn't—that character wasn't in the book. So mm-hmm. that comes out in '97.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what is Sam Neil just like? He's pissed off. Maybe like I'm not in Jurassic Park. That's it. I'm gonna go scare all these children. I'm gonna do this scary movie in which I play like I don't know the devil or whatever, and I'm gonna ruin some kids' childhood that I already had to like be their saving grace to this terrifying dinosaur movie. And here yes. he is gonna. I'm now I'm the villain. Now you can't even trust me in this scary world. Welcome to reality. Welcome to adulthood. One day your president will be Donald Trump.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> Just saying.
0: Just saying.
1: So, um, this was made by, um, Paul W. S. Anderson.
0: Not to be confused with
1: Paul Thomas Anderson. And what's funny on, so I love IMDb because you get some of these trivia things on here. The first thing I came across, for Paul W. S. Anderson, if you don't know, is, uh, the mastermind, if you will, of, uh, the Resident Evil, uh, film series. Cause he's married, well, he's not cut, but Mila Jovovich is his wife, or at least they I don't know, I think they're still together, actually. So he's made all those movies before he made Event Horizon, he made a little movie called Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And it was a big hit and this was kind of like his like he got this movie to do after like Mortal Kombat was a huge hit. Um he said no to X-Men apparently uh when they were developing that first X-Men movie. So this was his big uh, big swing. Um Paul what, what I was going to say about the IMDb is that he According to IMDb, who knows what he said, but in apparently in interviews he said like, well, I had to add the WS to, because in the movie he's billed as just Paul Anderson. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I had to add the WS because people kept asking me questions about the frogs in Magnolia. And then he said that because I added WS, now he gets questions about working with Bill Murray because it sounds like Wes Anderson. To which case, I'm just like, Bullshit, Paul W. S. Anderson. Like nowadays, you would wish you could be compared you to these two guys. Like wish. you are not. Like let's be very clear, you are in a
0: whole different if league. There's tiers, yeah, and you're not in the same. If tier. there's a
1: tier of Anderson directors, I mean, you, I think we would all measure probably Paul Thomas Anderson up there. I love Wes Anderson; he's up there too. But maybe for everybody else, he'd be below him. And then way down on the list would be uh, Paul W. S. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Listen, but
0: what's the Mortal Kombat tie?
1: Well, he so he made Mortal Kombat, and he used that music. And it goes Mortal Kombat, and it goes da 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 Well, this movie opens up with basically the same music. You gonna play it?
0: Oh, this is the opening.
1: Oh, you're playing like the Paramount thing, which I was gonna note. The Paramount goes to the Paramount Mountain, and then it zooms out into space. That's how you know oh, yeah. we're in business.
0: I'm gonna watch that right now.
1: Is it, sp- is it going into space? Not yet. It's going to go.
0: Oh, there it goes. I did miss it when we were watching.
1: Because you were too busy looking up
0: facts. Here it is.
1: throw in Mortal Kombat yeah. there and it'll so be the same.
0: You get the idea there, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. He
1: excited about uh getting that music back in there. He really loved that nineties uh techno uh exciting thriller Mortal Kombat music. So right off the bat you know you're in good hands <laughs> when oh, you get sure. that when you get that uh sequence. So the other big notable thing about this movie is apparently and that was the other thing about his IMDb page. Apparently he claims there's a director's cut of all of his movies out there. <laughs> like, oh, I shot it longer, but the studio had to cut it down. And yet his movies always end up theatrically about 95 minutes. Uh, this is another one where apparently he claims that there was an, oh, no, this is like, and there's, they, they, they filmed, they showed this to like test audiences. This thing was like originally like an 130 minutes. Well over two hours. And they got it down to 96 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's so much to cut out.
0: Yeah. Over 30 minutes.
1: And when you hear that, and then, so we knew that kind of going in when we started it. And now knowing that you're just like, oh yeah, no, they cut out here. They cut out here. You're like, wow,
0: how did he jump from that side of the ship to outside the ship now working on it for 10 minutes? They
1: get rid of all the, like any kind of exposition or anything that would be like, just like time basically to, to, unless it's like something that's happening. That's like active action moment. You know what I think about it? What?
0: Great. Just, let's <laughs> St-
1: Filmmakers always say, like, oh, the studio did this or did that, and they were so bad. I think the studio might have been right mm-hmm. to, like... They're like, okay, let's just, you know, like... Let's get this shit because going. Because from the description of things that they cut out, like, apparently he tried to get a director's cut, but... The footage was destroyed or whatever. Now that you hear that he says this about all of his movies, you're just like, okay, yeah, your your footage was destroyed. <laughs> the
0: footage, the dog ate my homework. We just
1: restored Dracula completely. It looks gorgeous. But we lost the footage to Event Horizon. Okay, man. Okay. But, <laughs> so, when you hear about the things that they, they cut out, and there's some deleted scenes on the disc and all that stuff, but... Uh, it doesn't seem like they're not, they're not like big character moments. We're not like building what I would say is dread or even like to understand better, like our characters. Like, so I think they're just cutting out like just unnecessary stuff. There was a thing that they scripted to like, um, in the script, there was an introductory scene of the crew on another rescue mission. Mm-hmm. And I could see how that might've been like a good moment to like develop your characters mm-hmm. and that'd have been a good idea. But apparently that was like never in the cards cause it was going to be too expensive. Oh, but I, that would have been kind of interesting cause you can kind of get a sense cause you really get thrown into this crew and you know, next to nothing about anybody. Um, we know a little bit about Alan Grant because he's the outsider coming in. He's the scientist or somebody who helped build the event horizon, the ship that went off into space uh, a deep, deep space exploration. It takes place in like 2047. So, hey, this is still a plausible film. Mm hmm. Um, but he built the ship and it went missing and now they've, it has been a, reappeared near Neptune and they're going out to look at it. And so that's how we kind of know a little bit about him. And we'll eat him. Okay, so that's the other thing. The movie opens with this moment where Sam Neill is on like a space station above Earth. And he has like a nightmare and we're already like, oh shit, the movie's scary. Mm hmm. And, then we do like this forty five second shot of the the space station outside with the camera spinning it 's super dizzy. The problem is now it's twenty years old, and so the visual effects aren't great and but it's just like this spinny nauseating thing and it was apparently like the most expensive thing to shoot in the movie mm-hmm. it ate up half like a ton of their budget and then what happens after this is that it cuts straight to the other ship like we don't even need the scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, they could have set that scene. You wouldn't even know. And he could have just been in his quarters on the other one. Because it doesn't even make a difference to the movie at all. It just jumps over to, like, the next ship. And then it has a quick scene where they're, like, flying it. And then they have a quick scene where it's, like, 52 days later. They are cutting out every single moment where there's just, like, time going by. They're just like, nope, we got on a ship. We're going to rescue. Let's have a little meeting here. We're going to describe exactly what's going to happen. And we're going to get on the haunted spaceship within five minutes or ten minutes mm-hmm. of the movie starting. And, uh, you know... Yeah. Why would you waste time? Just get to the scary uh, spaceship stuff. Yes. So, I've been talking for a little bit.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I was just reading about the guy who wrote the movie. Uh Uh-huh. Philip Eisner.
1: Okay, what about him?
0: He wrote the movie after a family tragedy. He'd recently entered a multi-picture writing agreement, and in an effort to force himself to get back to work, he pitched the idea, and this is exactly what it is, of The Shining in Space. Oh yeah. He literally pitched it as that cuz as we were watching it tonight we we're like, oh, there's another shining thing and another shining thing. Right. <laughs> so uh that's exactly what it was intentionally.
1: Yeah, I not mean, just
0: like lazily.
1: No, he I well, I mean, there's no way to not. There there there's two particular moments that are so much like it that it is, it has to be. It's not like they want people to know that they're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. There is a pool of blood that like breaks out of something and races toward the screen. Like, there's only you only do that to like reference the shining, like, you mm-hmm. can't do that otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then there's another maybe no, to me, it's just as like memorable. It's like there's a naked woman. In a bathtub with blood, and it's scary, and it, that's just evocative of like the room, like 237 yes. stuff, in The Shining. So, and the
0: scary, and the kid like running away, and right? Chasing the and following the kid. There's a whole bunch. Um, what I love about this movie, uh-huh. is that unlike so many movies, and even so many space movies where you know everything's going wrong, or horror movies where everything's going wrong, and the characters are so fucking stupid that you're so mad at them, and right. then there's only one hero that's kind of smart. Unlike those movies, this movie, every character is smart, does, has the correct reaction, and <laughs> you're just like, yes. I mean, like, every one-liner that comes, you're just like, yes, from uh, the one we listen to where he's like, we're leaving, to, I mean, right. every time, oh, oh, watch out for this guy, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Fu- uh, the lady hears something, she grabs a knife. She right. It's like every character does the right thing. There's
1: the pilot of the the ship that they're on. It's, just, it's like falling apart. They've already been in and there's some scary stuff that's already happened. And he's just like, the ship's going to go down. It's going to blow up. He's like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm good over here. I'm not going over to the haunted ship. And that's like the correct response in correct. that moment. You're just like, yeah, no, listen, that seems bad. Yeah. It caused the ship to blow up. I think I'm cool over here. Yeah, he's like, I'll take my chances. Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, yeah, Kathleen Quinlan, who's in the movie, she was, like, probably notable as, like, Tom Hanks' uh, wife in Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. So a little bit after that, this is, like, that movie for her. Sam, mm-hmm. all these people that are supposed to be, like, these warm, loving people are having these horrible, traumatic moments in space.
0: Mm-hmm. She,
1: uh, like, notices, like, a body moving and it. She immediately is, like, doesn't, she's not messing around. She gets a giant knife and is, like, if I'm going over there, knife. I'll stab it. Yeah. And then, of course, the best person in the movie beloved Larry Fishburn. Oh, who's that so The no-nonsense captain and he doesn't have time for any of this shit. Like he just Sam Neill is the only one who's like we need to go cuz he like they've been they've been lied to. They've said oh, they were been told that, like the event horizon blew up in space. Well, no. There's some 7
0: years later.
1: There's some interdimensional travel because we get the scene where Sam Neill uh, explains where the event horizon went with time travel. They does the folding of the paper mm-hmm. scene. is like, oh, it's like a wormhole, interdimensional wormhole. The same scene that gets basically repurposed in Interstellar with mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey. So, we, you know, it's just a very easy way of describing what's happened with the – going around the, the theory of and relativity time. and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So – but what's great, even during that scene, Lawrence Fishburne is just like, I don't, listen, whatever. Like, we, it doesn't matter. Can we just go check it out? And if there's no one there, can we just get the fuck out of here? Yeah. And he has that attitude the entire movie. And it's so great because you're just like, yeah, no, this guy knows what's up. He's like, at one point, he's just like, like something scary happens. He's like, fuck this shit.
0: <laughs> he literally says something, something, something. Fuck this ship. And that's it for him. He's like, we're going to blow it up. Yeah. We're going to get a far enough distance away. We're going to blow this up because fuck this shit. That's
1: exactly what he says. And you're like, yes. He's like, not gonna just leave it, we're gonna blow it up. Yeah. Because, fuck that. Yeah,
0: we're leaving. <laughs> because like, we don't care. He's
1: a main character, and he is one of the first people, because, like, the center of all this, like, haunted shit's going on is, like, the core. That's through a scary little corridor that looks like a meat grinder, and there's, like, a little core thing that is, like, sphere. It has
0: spikes. A lot of spikes Spikes. It's, involved. like, a little
1: spinny thing. And it, this movie came out before the movie Sphere, but... I remember reading the book Sphere around this time, and so it was all very much like the book Sphere, mm-hmm. and that movie came out a year after this, and it's also not a good – like, that's not a good movie. But, um, but he's one of the first people to see, like, the hallucinations. He sees a guy on fire. It turns out he, like – was an old crew member that he had to, like, let go, die – because he got sealed off or whatever, mm-hmm. so right away he's just like, "I saw a hallucination. I'm not doing this. We're we're, we're not. No, I saw something. We're out of here. Like he felt done. the
0: heat. Like I felt it. This was real. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, uh,
1: like our mission was like rescue the crew. The crew dead." So let's go.
0: Who's dead? We're out of here.
1: And that's it. But only Sam Neill's like, we need to get our spaceship back because he's already going. The people that make bad decisions have already gotten like what I call rock hound, Steve Semi space dementia
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, from like Armageddon. And, uh, <laughs> but
0: they're only making those bad decisions because they're being driven crazy.
1: They've been driven crazy. But before
0: that, they're, they're all like, let's go, let's go, let's go.
1: But even then, there's only really two characters that end up doing like things that are like bad like Kathleen Stupid. Quinlan sees like her son running around and that ends up leading to her death mm-hmm. uh and then Sam Neill is the one who's like he's been like channeled by the ship and he's going to be the demonic representative of this uh yes. this ship so what i recall when i watched it originally was like oh i don't know this is a scary ship i didn't really like to me that even when i saw it then it was a very confused notion of what was happening, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, why is it haunted and all this other stuff? It's much clearer when you see it now because there's not... <laughs> it's a very simple explanation, right? Yes. So, like, it went somewhere bad. It and, picked some shit and up. The, and the ship, like, picked up the bad shit.
0: Like, the ship got cursed wherever it was at. And then it's everybody describes sort of it demon. as, like,
1: this... Uh, it's, like, you know, representative of, like visualizing hell and so you get a lot of visual you know this hell uh picture that the great scene that you played before is that they there's a the rescue uh signal turns out to be a very gory bloody scene that they're able to like decrypt and that's when larry fishburne sees it as is like we're leaving we're leaving yeah (laughs) it's just the best reaction it's nice it's nice to just like get a movie that's like we're 95 minutes like it, what, what, it it doesn't take long before like shit hits the fan and it's just like the whole rest of the movie's basically just like, okay, let's get out of here and it's just like a series of things to get out of here mm-hmm. now you could say that there's like there's no character work done there isn't mm-hmm. no you don't really know these people um other than like the actors playing them, but at least you, it's a decent cast
0: you know the ones that have the flashbacks or whatever you know they're a kind little of bit dark secrets or whatever you might say fears
1: you have a good cast here though which helps so even if you don't have characters per se at least you have people that you're familiar with you're definitely utilizing that alan grant um love to like scare the life out of you because he goes but i mean you don't have any real reason to like think that he'd be nice in this movie but it's just that you have this residual affection for him kathleen quinlan same thing and then you have, like, Jason Isaacs, who's here, and usually used to him being, like, a real bad guy. He's, like, the villain in The Patriot, and he's, like, a Malfoy in the Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies. He's always a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad guy in this movie. He's just uh, one of the poorer schmoes.
0: Yeah, he's a doctor. He's got a real bad attitude because he's kind of pissed that they're on this to begin with. Oh, he's got a bad but attitude. But he's very smart and on it and helpful and, like, saves a guy, and yeah. he's ready to fight. But
1: And you have Jolie Richardson, who's uh, wearing a great, uh, like, 90s hat in this movie, like a, t- a baseball cap kind of thing she's hey, good she's smart she knows she's, what she's smart doing. she
0: saves the moment a couple times uh like in one of the scenes there's some uh there's four of them in a room and the door is closed and there's this loud banging and it's like banging on the door and alan grant's like let's open the door and she's like fuck you and she grabs his arm and twists it real good oh she twists just arm. like yes that's the right move lady and go get it lady although Bam.
1: the reason so that's you could say that it ended up fucking them over, though, because she showed strength against Alan Grant. So then the ship was like, "Ooh, we got to give Alan Grant magical superpower because he does he doesn't get overpowered again." Now he becomes like he's throwing people across rooms yeah, later it in the does movie. The ship gives him like super strength, and so maybe they wouldn't have they wouldn't you have. You don't
0: open the door though to something oh, banging no. through. What was that? Who the fuck knows? What was it? It's the ship itself.
1: So it's it's less because there's not a lot of it's just bang it's 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 structured like an action movie like the beats and stuff are mm-hmm. like it, it's very fast so like in terms of like building dread and atmosphere it's not scary like that but it makes up for that and this is why i think it's traumatic for a kid with just these very very disturbing images uh of you get that descrambled image of the former crew one of them is like holding out his own eyeballs which is gross mm-hmm. um again this movie got an nc17 uh, on its initial pass, because of this gore, um, poor Jason Isaacs oh. gets killed by he he realizes Samuel has gone ape shit. He's about to get him, but Samuel's already there, and he takes care of him
0: with his eyeballs out out of his head already. Yeah,
1: he's already ripped his own eyeballs out of this, himself. We, we don't see him rip his. Well, we kind of did. He kind of scratched at him. Yeah,
0: no, he goes like this, and he's digging him out.
1: Yeah, um, but poor Jason Isaacs get gets uh, uh, just take you know he gets you know he didn't have a chance, but he gets taken over. And he gets cut open Although down the middle. Down the middle, they have. He already had a scar, which I thought was interesting. What, did I miss the part where he talked about that?
0: Nope. So that which was, was probably another scene that was cut.
1: Where he obviously had some trauma, like he's the trauma got, trauma doctor. So of course he had like past trauma. Obviously, like if you open try, heart surgery, or you something. start piecing this together. Obviously, these characters have more going on. But uh, yeah, he gets cut open, and you don't see that. But then what you do see is, oh god, he's hanging. His skin is hung from the top. And then the below ceiling. him is guts, like, His all over the guts. place. They apparently had to cut, like, remove some, like, entrails and stuff hanging out or whatever from, like, this cut. It's still extremely disturbing. And oh, I yeah. cannot believe that you had an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old oh, with you God. watching that you image. think
0: about Miriam is 7?
1: Oh, my God. She like,
0: wouldn't... Could, would just could be... you think about her next year watching Event Horizon? No. And seeing that scene? No. It would be we horrifying. had fucking nightmares. They had nightmares. And then you
1: see Alan Grant, who's got okay, like the eyes being completely out, is a little bit CGI'd. It looks hollow and fake. But like when he has his eyes closed, he is blood and scars all over well, his face. And it's he pretty f- freaky. He flashes
0: looking. back to his wife,
1: right, slitting, slitting her, her not yeah. just her,
0: like her whole forearm. Oh yeah, in, into the bloody bath, and she's naked, and oh my god, that's
1: the sh- other. Yeah, that's the other shining moment, and it's yeah, uh, super disturbingly violent. Uh-huh. Um... And then later on, because you you know, you Alan Grant still kinda at least looks like Alan Grant when he has his eyes cut out the movie at the end is just like, you know what? Let's make him even scarier. We'll make him completely naked, which is disturbing in its own right. Yeah, He's bald, and he's got like stig- I, I would say like, they to me it was like stigmata scars, you know, like all over his body.
0: Well, not stigmata. No, but I, know, like... I know
1: what stigmata is, like on arms and stuff like that, but you know when you see very, that. Very,
0: very thick, cuts, thick all like, cuts all over his face. Like scar
1: cuts all over his face. But it's... not
0: actively bleeding, just like open wound. Yeah, it's
1: just a heavy makeup job and he's supposed to look, like, so like, you know, like scary for forever, him. like, Alan Grant is the devil, basically. Well, that's
0: how Tommy remembered him. He's like, the guy from Jurassic Park, it's all... Well,
1: because the portal has opened up. I I mean, it's a a descent into hell, essentially. That's, like, why when you walk into the meat grinder it's, like, this actual, like, line of, you have to go through this scary corridor to get to this, like, scary thing. And it's a... Yeah, you're leading yourself into hell. So, yeah, it's just full of this uh, just horrendous bloody imagery that, yeah, a kid watching it. Now, see... It's still disturbing. We watched it tonight, and I was like, that's gross. Yeah, that's gross. That's effective. Uh, but, I mean, it's so—it just paced so, like, it's just ram-bam. It's just like an action movie. I, to me, it wasn't, like, scary this time around. Was it scary to you this time around?
0: No, but i it was disturbing as I was remembering. Oh, my God. I'm like, why well, I was so little when I watched this? Mm-hmm. It was less scary and more just kind of disturbing. And I and again I I think I as I said before I had a lot more appreciation for all the characters and the the quickness of the story. Well, you don't get that anymore. No, I
1: mean another thing. Like this year, they put out like that surprise Cloverfield movie, Cloverfield Paradox. That is a like if you think about it, it's very much like Event Horizon. Um, But those characters aren't very smart, and they do dumb things, and, like, we still have that problem in movies where these guys do very dumb things. In
0: this movie, there wasn't one time, not one time, where I was like, don't "Don't (laughs) do that, or don't, what are you doing? The only time was when they're possessed, and you're like, oh my god, don't chase after your kid, but it's like, she...
1: She's yeah. already gone. She's too far gone. Like, and then
0: even when they split up, they have to split up because they have certain jobs and they're on a timeline.
1: Right, right.
0: So you're like, oh, don't split up, but you, you got stuff. But they're not
1: necessarily punished because of the splitting. I mean, it's just nope. because of the circumstances. So, yeah, it's not uh, – again, maybe they cut out a lot of, like, the bad decision-making of like because that's where dread is built in these typical movies. And so, it, yeah, I think sometimes with horror movies, like, people like that. Like, don't go down there. Like, people like that behavior of someone, like, making bad decisions. They do? That's a
0: thing? I think
1: slasher fans must do, because all of those movies are basically people making bad decisions and then, like, getting punished for it. Yeah. And and then it's this fascinating thing where, in movies, we're okay with certain characters getting killed, but then other characters get killed, it's kind of, like, mean or surprising or shocking. And so we have to... There's always this balance in this genre of, like, who we kill off either has to be a shock or it has to be like they deserved it uh-huh. or otherwise it feels like ooh that was that you don't like it cuz it's like oh they didn't deserve that you know like yeah. the, the dog effect no one no dog ever deserves it unless it's like a shock right so there's always this careful act going on this movie doesn't care about any of that no it's just like we're just going to go <laughs>
0: yes what i really like about event horizon is mm-hmm. that the crew stays together level-headed, keeping it together. The one guy gets sucked into the core right in the beginning, right. little Justin, and he goes
1: Baby Baby Bear. He goes
0: into a coma, Itch. and then at some point he's out in a corridor and he's going to freeze lock himself out and escape. Like, or not a, go escape, off the escape hatch. Like a... he, would,
1: he would basically explode from the pressure because he's yes. getting sucked out into space. Yes. And
0: whatever. Larry Fishburne's out... Fishburn.
1: Larry Fishburn. I like how you're on board calling oh, him Larry yeah. like oh, yeah. I am because that's how you. used so to So he's out
0: there and you're like, well, this guy's dead and he's clearly possessed and then he's clearly not, but maybe he is. And so you're like, oh, man. oh First gonna- victim. First victim. Here we go. Blow-
1: we need a gore scene. We're going to blow up this guy. We don't he- know who he is. Who cares, right? Yep. We only know that Kathleen Cullen is like mama bear and he's baby bear.
0: Yep. So they're trying to talk him out of it and then he... he- he can't get the thing back open, and then it opens up, and Larry Fishburne's telling him to, like, uh, get in a ball, and he's, like, he's out, and he comes flying in, and he grabs him, and then they close the door, and they fucking save him. Yeah. They save him. So you're like, okay, okay, we're all together. Everybody's still okay. Everything's gonna and that, be okay. And that guy
1: survives the end of the movie. He's one of the survivors. Yes.
0: So I really like that, because that's, like, halfway through, where you're like, okay, there's some hope here. And then even for the next couple scenes, you're like, okay, maybe maybe this is going to turn out okay for them. And then, and then right. things good. Well, so
1: it, it does play with that a little bit because he, he's a nothing character and you just yeah. assume he's dead, right? Because yeah. he's like, oh, he's going to go out. As soon things.
0: as he gets sucked into the core right. thing in the beginning. So they save
1: him. That's surprising. and then, mm-hmm. uh, But then because of all the gore that's going on, there's other moments where you're just like... There's a hatch that's going to close, and Larry Fishburne has propped it up, and he's trying to save Julie Richardson. But because this movie's so gory, you're just like, this seems like a movie where they would, like, cut her in half right now. Or him. Or him. Like, is he
0: going to get cut in half? Is she going to get cut in half?
1: So it actually works because you've already subverted that expectation enough from that, like, non-death. And there's not a, not a huge body count here. Only, like, there's, like, seven characters. Four of them are killed. Three of them survive. Poor Larry Fishburne. Sac- he sacrifices himself to blow up uh, Sam Neill. So he's not one of our survivors, but um, we got Coop, who's the quippy guy, mm-hmm. and uh, we got Jolie Richardson, and we got the guy in the coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make it out. Of course, there's a jump scare at the end, but whatever. We don't know what the implications of that are. Um, but yeah, like we do get a kind of a surprising batch a little bit with that. You don't exactly know how it's going to turn out because of just a couple choices they make right off the bat. Now mm-hmm. that's one of them. The other thing that impressed me too is that so it's a sixty million dollar budget. That's Uh, You know, it's a good amount of money for 97, but, you know, like, you could tell CGI was very expensive back then, and all that stuff looks bad. Yeah. But they do do some good work with, like, some of the interior work, and, like, when air starts getting sucked out or explosions happen, they actually do some pretty good practical work to kind of make some of that effective. Mm -hmm. Like, there are some good scenes where they're just, like, shaking the camera, and there's scheme everywhere, so it seems like someone, like, Larry Fitchburg's gonna get sucked out or something like that. Yes, those were good. It works pretty well. It's loud. It kind of just blasts out all the, like impracticality of it and it you know it works like it's just kind of old-fashioned in that regard um the set of like the meat grinder like that's a real like it's a set like all that stuff is is built and it you know it looks good
0: some of the spaceship outside scenes look okay i feel like the worst scenes were when there are the worst effects were the when there was water oh yeah they're like scooping droplets or big droplets of water off equipment oh, that looks like I drew it.
1: There was a lot of hubris in the 90s. Like, look what we can do. And it's just like, mm. it didn't mm, look great then. Yeah. And it's just like, it doesn't look good now.
0: Sure That's doesn't. hard.
1: I mean, you even listen to like, God, listen to any like Pixar behind the scenes and anim- like that they're animated movies and they're just like water's the hardest they always talk about yes. how hard water is and like it never looks good even though ours is a cartoon and doesn't look good you have to like spend so much time on it yeah so like the hubris of the 90s is just like well let's do it like it doesn't matter and it always looks bad yeah. and that's the stuff that sticks out in the movie but it's not too bad I, like yeah spaceships as long as the, sp- the ships aren't moving and it's dim they look okay. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, they that's, it's hard to screw that up, I guess. Yeah. So that stuff's not too bad. And then all the scares are all practically, like, all practical and bloody with the exception of some CGI eye removal. But, so it's not bad. Like, that stuff doesn't age it too bad. The only thing that would really blow my mind was how young Larry Fishburne looked.
0: So young and, like, thin and young.
1: I think, and he'd been around a while, obviously, from this point, but I think it's because it it probably wouldn't feel that bad because only two years later he made The Matrix, one, but he's bald and so that helps, but, so he's got hair in this, so he looks really young. But I think it's partly because, like, recently he's been, like, doing the whole gray hair deal. Like, he's really rocking that gray. When he shaves everything, him and Sam Jackson are great. Sam Jackson can kind of, like, de-age himself just by, yes. like, shaving the gray off of him. Mm-hmm. Larry Fishburne can kind of do that a little bit, too. He looks definitely older. Mm-hmm. But I, I like, yeah, he look. I love how Larry, Larry Fishburne looks great-aged. I love yeah, his, like, gray handsome. look. Um, but, yeah, it's so weird to see him in this movie. It almost seems like, it, it reminded me of, like, how in, like the, like, the first time they started doing these de-aging, like, Robert Downey Jr.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, from, like, whatever, Civil War, when they made yeah. him look young, like, in the 80s or whatever. It Larry Fishburne looks like that in this You're
0: movie. You're like, you look CG. You're no, like
1: no. a CGI Larry Fishburne. You're like, no, how'd how they nope. do that? It's like, no, that's just how he looked. No, nope, uh, <laughs> just you in the 80s. He's a... Can we just... I, don't, I just want to take a minute and oh, talk sure. about... Larry Fishburn's like, the best, right? Oh yeah, like just his presence in this is like enough to like it. It's schlock, but it's just like, but look, he's he's doing it right, and he's, now he's now, selling it.
0: Now we're seeing him on that show.
1: Well, he so he's a producer. You just watch because you just said that you watch him on Blackish. Yeah, um, so he's always been a part of Blackish, but he's like a producer. I think he always only on about half the season. Always he always just kind of comes in and out. Um, but you know he's always a, he he kind of does a lot of these smaller parts. He does like a little like he's always like and Lawrence Fishburne in mm-hmm. movies now. He just does a few minutes in a movie, and I like that. But yeah, no, he's always he's just got a good presence about him, and he yeah he's just no nonsense. Just I think I think he's the thing that like makes this like not like a bad movie. Like if it was not a good character at the center of this, it wouldn't be it wouldn't work at all. It would just you would feel the edits and the cuts, and you would just see how. Poorly constructed it was just it wouldn't it wouldn't play as well without like a good core lead at the front of that. So I yeah, he's so just great.
0: What do you think uh Roger Ebert said? What did Roger say well, about Lawrence Fishburne?
1: I don't know. I would I guess? I do have some knowledge, obviously, that it didn't do well, and I would assume that it was not well received when it came out in theaters. So I would assume that he gave a fairly bad review. How many this movie. stars? I would score? say like a one and a half or two.
0: He did give it two stars okay. in August 1997. He doesn't say much about Lawrence Fishburne. He only has a, a couple comments about about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he says uh, he's talking. He's describing how it opens and how he kind of gets sucked sucked in. So he's all. Quote, Roger Ebert, I love movies like this. I got up and moved closer to the screen, volunteering to be drawn in. I appreciate the anachronistic details. Everybody on board the rescue ship smokes, for example, which is unlikely in 2047 on a deep space mission where later the CO2 air scrubbers will play a crucial role.
1: I don't remember that. They all smoked. We just watched it. I don't remember that.
0: Yeah. They, yeah.
1: I don't have a memory of that. Which but is okay. weird
0: because that does distract us nowadays.
1: Usually that sticks out because no one smokes movies anymore, whereas like they did then. I, I don't remember. If it that. was like
0: in the beginning, and we weren't really paying attention because we were getting ready, we're
1: getting situated, we're maybe. getting our popcorn, we're getting popcorn, and our
0: cider. Yeah. Um. He does say in the captain, Lawrence Frischburn, um, wears a leather bomber jacket, sure, indicating that he's still in business half a century from now, or indicating that Jay Peterman is still in business. That must be a leather bomber jacket. Well, Jay maker. Peterman,
1: like the Jay Peterman catalog from Seinfeld.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I liked all that stuff, but there wasn't much substance beneath it. He says, and then blah 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 blah. He doesn't like. He doesn't like it. Well,
1: because it there's no there's no the tension is you get one scene where they get on the ship, and that's very much like you know the the abyss and all these movies. Alien is the best example of this, like where you spend time exploring that alien ship, and there's a lot of dread and tension. Alien's is, I mean, a, a great movie. This is not Alien. This is not The Shining. I mean, this movie is ripping off like in that sequence it's definitely ripping off alien and then with the shining it's definitely ripping off the shining but it's not that i mean it, it's it's never going to be that it's derivative in every single way and it immediately deflates that tension you're you're only left with like your shock of the gore and your performances that's all this movie yeah. is
0: he says it's a rip off of solaris from 1972 oh absolutely yeah where a space station orbits a vast have you seen planet. that
1: version you've probably seen the george clooney version which is similar but less gore. they're less gore yeah, Solaris definitely feels like Sphere, the the book I remember, and then the movie came out after this, but definitely. It's all, I mean, there's He's nothing very, new being tried yeah. here.
0: He clearly wasn't a fan. He says, uh, it's observed darkly at one point that the gravity drive is a case of man pushing too far into realms where he should not go. Correct. There's an accusation that someone has broken the laws of physics. And from the way it's said, you'd assume that offenders will be subject to fines or imprisonment. Of course, there are no laws of physics, only observations about the way things seem to be. What you break, if you break anything, is not a law, but simply an obsolete belief, now replaced by one that works better. Deeply buried in Event Horizon is a suspicion of knowledge. Maybe that's why its characters have so little of it. And that's his last line.
1: So, I think that what I like about Roger Ebert is that I don't understand... That's a very like nitpicky thing to bring up
0: mm-hmm
1: but what I like about if you if you read enough of him, which is I did a lot when I was uh you know growing up, is that you can kind of like he tends to do this on movies where like there's nothing like again like what he's basically saying is like There's, this is all derivative. There's nothing new here. So I had to think about other things. And so that's when he goes down this rabbit hole. So in his reviews, you can kind of feel like when he goes down rabbit holes of like, he gets hung up on something and that's what. So that, because he's a writer, he's just having fun with what it is. But when you're like well versed in his reviews and stuff like that, you get to learn like, well, he's just lost interest because it's just like, he's he's seen this movie. He saw it when he saw Solaris and he saw it when he saw this other thing. So. Like when you have that knowledge of him, that kind of makes sense. But then, yeah, you think about it like, well, I don't know what you are talking about. But clearly, you got bored with this, and I can understand why. That's and that's super why
0: hung up that's, on a
1: detail. But it's kind of fun. It's a fun thing to read. It's less about. It's less um a commentary on the quality of the movie. I think it's just that it's just not. uh Yeah, there is nothing to it. Mm-hmm. But like you got to remember, when we saw this, I think I had. I don't know if I'd seen The Shining yet. I probably did, and because The Shining has. It's a great movie that is, that scarred me when I saw it, but I at least recognized that it was really good. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, because Jurassic Park scared me when I first saw, it. but yes. I like I was excited by it. I was like, well, I have to go back to that and get terrified again. Yes. The Shining was very much that, whereas The Event Horizon was like
0: that was scary. Like, but, I'm legit scared. But
1: I think this is the first time I've really like ever we we I, we had to like
0: purchase this. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. I didn't return then. to it since no. I watched it. Then it was mm-hmm. just like that was
1: scary, and that was it. And mm-hmm. so this was the first time going back and being like, now the trailer moments are they were I remember that. There's like oh, so we have to talk about that. There's a great there's a great line of dialogue in this movie
0: oh my goodness did just, i have it i didn't think i found i don't think i found it. that's
1: too bad because sam neill has ripped his eyes out he wants to take the ship back to the hell world that it came from and he says uh what i can only describe is like if you know back to the future you know a line of dialogue so well that you just uh oh you have it
0: let's see if i have it perfect here we go might have to cut We're going. We won't need eyes. No, he said it wrong.
1: And he's like, where well, you're going, we won't need eyes. To, s- to see. To
0: see. <laughs> it's like, Sam Neil, you fucked up the line, bud.
1: You missed up the Christopher Lloyd line where we're going, we don't need We roads. don't need Rose. He's like, we don't need eyes. To see.
0: Yeah, let's see. Let's see if I can. Stop. Hold on. We when he dies to see.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's a great Sam Neil performance. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, I think he's. There's a couple part. There's one part where he first gets scared when he gets on the Event Horizon, <sighs> and he, he does like a scream and it's like, <laughs> it's not that high, but it, it's it's it, very unconvincing. It
0: was more like a like a scream, like I, not that I stubbed my toe, but more like someone jumped out of the closet in my own house. Like, whoa! Hey! <laughs> it, was, it was
1: not convincing. I did not ah! understand that he was scared. You and I just started laughing. I laughed, because it was such a funny reaction. So hard. Um, he's like, no! It reminded me of that moment in Jurassic Park 3 where he has that terrible dream in the plane and he's like, he wakes up and he, like, sees a raptor on the plane and he's like, hello, Alan. <laughs> like, it's the same kind of, like, reaction to, like, if you dreamed a raptor was talking to you on an airplane, that's the reaction that Sam Neill gives in that moment. Not a convincing like, oh, I just saw my dead wife uh, with her eyes gouged out. Yes. Not the same reaction. A little less convincing. But I love Sam Neill. I love loved him since Jurassic Park. Still love him.
0: I'm gonna see if this is the one where he screams. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh... <laughs> it's pretty good and his face look look, like oh and
1: his face is not uh he's got
0: the big circle mouth going on he's like oh
1: i don't think he i think he was counting his uh his paycheck a little bit uh this time because he's like the i mean the movie opens like he's like your protagonist like he's the first person you see it only becomes more of lawrence fishburne's movie kind of once he is done being he's crazy so it's like well we need a normal person to follow which is weird. We don't get a lot of this. Like, he just kind of turns bad. He, like, sneaks into the dark. Like, he sneaks into the darkness in one shot. Like, he's like, we're in a, I am home. And he, like, just disappears. I
0: am home. And it's
1: like where did you, when did you go completely crazy like now you're, you're like you're with the ship like it, he really goes quick and then after that scene there's like more stuff where he like seizes. like they, they needs to be flipped around mm-hmm. like he need there should be more buildup of him losing his mind but yeah. see that's all been cut yes um so it's just he's he's lost his mind real quick uh, on the ship but you know listen some scary looking stuff in here still
0: yes um, we are about done with this episode we might hit the minutes that the actual show is at or oh, the movie oh
1: yeah I love it when we hit the length of the movie <laughs> yes.
0: um, so before I wrap up or we get close to wrapping up I gotta fill my tea because you know what it's tea time with Tyler would you like a spot of tea? sure what's your guess on what the question is going to be? Jean? I don't know
1: but now it's like more late than usual so I know it's going to be bad it is
0: it's 12.03am Okay. so we're technically recording on the next day
1: I haven't even thought about this at all.
0: Okay. Me neither. So I'm trying to come up with a question. Great. Right now, if you could only watch four space movies over and over and over, what would they be?
1: Four space movies over and over again. Okay, the I would movies choose
0: you can watch for the rest of your life.
1: I would choose Alien because I do love the first Alien. I probably choose Aliens because it's a great talent, like it's a great companion piece because it's so different. I would choose Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey because it's still still so baffling. I need more time to figure it out. And then uh, you know, let's throw a wild card in there. Let's watch Armageddon because that thing's fucking crazy. You got one more. Oh, you said five.
0: I said four. I
1: got four: Alien, Aliens, Two Thousand One: A Space oh, Odyssey, yeah. and Armageddon. You did Alien and Aliens.
0: Okay, here's what I thought you were going to say. Okay. I thought you were going to definitely say Interstellar.
1: I don't like Interstellar. I know. I know. I, I fucking hate that I'm movie. A we- I don't hate it, but I don't think it's like <gasps> Oh, great. you
0: don't hate it? Because I'm pretty certain there's probably some other archival podcast of you and I talking about Interstellar where you just trash it the whole archival? time. I
1: archival? Mean, I don't think we were recording podcasts when I saw that movie.
0: We we weren't? I don't think We've so. We've been on so many podcasts over the years.
1: I know, but um,
0: yeah, no,
1: I don't hate it. I just don't... I think the... The later Christopher Nolan's not as good as the early Christopher Nolan. I just, I'm just, that's all I'm saying. I don't love that movie.
0: Well, this one does the same folding the paper.
1: It does. That movie's also that like two hours and 45 minutes long. At least this movie's yeah. in and out.
0: Interstellar could have benefited from a, a trimming. studio a saying, cutting. cut little, it
1: out. Like, take, hey, Christopher Nolan, you're not the first person to do the space worm thing. Maybe like cut some of your movie out.
0: I also definitely thought that you would say uh, that one with Tim Allen
1: galaxy quest i do love galaxy <laughs> do you quest. love
0: galaxy quest it's
1: a great movie you nerd i yeah no i mean i love star wars obviously i'd watch that yeah
0: you didn't bring up star wars i,
1: I don't know i well i think like space exploration so i'm like rooting it in a, a world that's not star wars i guess oh
0: but... what about moon
1: moon's great that's a great underrated movie. uh well i don't know if it's so much underrated anymore with sam rockwell it's a really good yeah uh... if you
0: haven't seen moon check it out it's really really good
1: yeah, don't watch that director's uh, movie on Netflix, though. Yuck.
0: What is? What do you mean? What? That
1: same director made the movie Mute. Remember with Paul Rudd did and I watch that? Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah, you did. It was. What was bad. that about? It was not good. Remind
0: me. I'm it was forgetting. like
1: that Alexander Skarsgård was like in the future, but he was like couldn't speak, and then he like. uh befriended that, like, he was looking for this disappearance of his girlfriend and Paul Rudd was running around. Did you even... You've already blocked it out.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. It came out about. this year.
1: <laughs> this year on Netflix. We watched it. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: Was I on my phone? Probably. Was I sleeping?
1: No, you were on your phone. Because it that Paul Rudd. You're like, I like Paul Rudd. Uh,
0: but you didn't watch not...
1: clearly. It's not good. You do not need good. You don't need to remind yourself of it.
0: Are there any good, like, Guill- Guillermo del Toro... Space movies. Guillermo del, del
1: Toro him. doing space. I
0: don't. I'm trying to. Does Hellboy I'm, count as a space movie?
1: No, that's on the Earth. Guillermo it del is. Toro is more of like monsters. He likes I know, that kind also of stuff. Like
0: space monsters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't.
1: I mean, I, I'm. Man, it'd be really Aubrey. bad if I forgot like one, but it doesn't. I don't think so. I don't What's think he's he done that.
0: Coming out with next.
1: He is working on. Oh, he's doing a Pinocchio movie, which I think is stupid. Who cares?
0: God, I'm so fucking tired of these Disney. movies. It's not a Disney
1: version. It's like not. a It's for Netflix. But who cares, right?
0: Well, is it like scary? He
1: just won best director and best picture. Like, he can for do what? whatever he wants, and he's choosing a Pinocchio project. I thought that a little Did he weird. Win? He won for The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah,
0: that's pretty good. Yeah, so. I could see Pinocchio being like a scary movie. He might
1: make, maybe that's what he's going to do, and I'd be interested in that, I suppose, if it was a little bit more uh, on that realm. As long as it's not like the Roberto Benini version, I'm good. Or I the Jonathan remember. Taylor Thomas version. We've had a lot of Pinocchio movies over the years.
0: Yeah, Pinocchio was also <laughs> featured in that show Once Upon a well, t- whatever that was Sure. once
1: upon a time of course they probably featured him in that yes but yeah i know i mean we've had the J- jtt version we've had uh, yeah the bernini speaking one. of
0: jtt we were gonna watch this is not related to him but it makes me think of it casper
1: are we gonna watch that before halloween's cure no
0: i don't know He's not
1: in that movie.
0: I know, but <laughs> he's like of that age.
1: You just you think they of wish a bleach white guy, him. and you're just like, oh yeah, I want to watch uh, JTT as a bleach I bet, white ghost. I bet
0: they wish they had gotten him.
1: Oh, if they could have gotten him, that movie well, it was a pretty big hit. But they all right, so
0: relationship more. test, Tyler. What would be my three, uh, three or four space movies that I would want to watch?
1: Event Horizon. No.
0: <laughs> yes, all day long. <laughs> fuck, fuck this
1: ship. I don't know something with Will Smith.
0: Will Smith's been in some space movies?
1: Well, he takes a spaceship out to uh, blow up the aliens in Independence Day, yeah. and he fights aliens off in Men in Black, and Men in Black 2, and Men know in Black me? 3. No,
0: I would not pick that. You Try like Will him. Smith running around. You always like that. Uh, I like Denzel Washington running around. He doesn't made, made a space movie needs to if he hasn't what are you gonna say i don't want to guess just tell i me. don't know i was you just i was just curious and then i could criticize whatever you picked yeah so you
1: did I'd, i wanted you to come up event with horizon S- star wars
0: <laughs> i'd probably pick star wars i do like star trek the movie which one the one with the newer ones oh
1: the newer ones okay yeah you like those newer ones The G.
0: G. Abrams. i was gonna ones. say have
1: you even watched those old ones <laughs> the mm-hmm. old movies with like william shatter and all that
0: Wrath yeah. of Con? Yeah. I mean, I've made you watch Wrath of you and but... Sean have made me watch some Star Trek movies. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Did you go to the theater when we saw Nemesis in college?
0: No, I think that was one of the few movies where I was like, I'm not going with you guys. Yeah,
1: it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you were like, "Come on!" I was like, "No." There's some
1: not great Star Trek movies. That's for sure. That's one of them. Not a great one.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Armageddon, though. Let's do it.
1: We'll, well, well, That's a that's a future podcast. Don't worry.
0: Love that movie.
1: Well, it's so bad, though.
0: Um, it's so great. It me, it reaches you so. We're many not ready. Levels. We're not ready
1: to tackle that because we have still not like. We have to better Watch define. Yourself, Tyler. We have to better define what we haven't. I, I, this is me. This is not you. We have to better define like how I describe certain things. Like Armageddon is a type of movie that is like it's awesome. venom. It's not good. <laughs> but I there's a there's a love for it. And I we there's it just takes more time exploring, I think. It's hard to describe. You look at this is what I'm saying. You don't understand what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense to you. That Listen, I can then, say let's this. just
0: talk about Armageddon for a
1: second. No, here. why? <laughs> because it's a great movie. This is their um, episode.
0: Armageddon was one of those movies that I first saw in the movie theater
1: in 98 you saw event horizon before you saw armageddon
0: in the movie theater though did I you didn't not go to, to the movie theater for event horizon
1: for any movie you didn't go to the movie theater i'm
0: saying i don't remember a lot of movies but i remember armageddon being a very big movie you remember your ears theater. bleeding
1: after it was over
0: i remember crying that's at the everybody. end
1: everybody's crying out at the see? end of armageddon yeah because that's what they do i get you with the um, emotion
0: yeah exactly some
1: faux emotion
0: <laughs> yeah exactly Keep talking about something because I gotta find something to close the show out. What do you do? What do you mean? What am so, I? What could I
1: possibly talk about now? Now you know. moved on to Armageddon. We are so far off the line.
0: All right, so there you go, werewolf bar mitzvah
1: spooky scary spooky scary that's my favorite well that's my favorite but then i also really love uh the bob's burgers one with the boy band group that does the uh trick or treat me that's oh, also one. so of my, good there's some really good like sitcom themed halloween songs out there mostly bear, werewolf bar mitzvah and the the trick or treat song from bob's burgers but
0: spooky scary that was my
1: always go-to but i do love that bob's burgers one
0: Yes, so here, we made it to the end. Thanks for listening, guys. We uh, we talked about Event Horizon. Yeah, we did. We told you guys to go watch uh, what Tyler saw. Did I? What'd you see?
1: Some old classic films? Yeah, okay. That was a good suggestion. I saw oh, Halloween. It was saw fine. Halloween. People already saw it.
0: Oh, go watch <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's not what it's called. <laughs>
1: what is it called? The chilling adventures of no, Sabrina. No, I'm saying
0: go watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, you want to watch
1: the Melissa Joan Hart version. Sure, <laughs> of course you do. I yes, would too. Exactly. Over the new one, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and happy Halloween. Uh, go check out Event Horizon if you got a sweet ninety minutes to spare. Hey,
1: you know, I went in to try to get this movie at yeah. like a vintage type of like place and they had a big old section of Horror movies, right? All these horror movies. Like, they pulled out all the horror movies and put it on a shelf for people to easily find. Event Horizon was not over there. It was just in a generic, like, A through Z. That's where I found it. And then, when I bought it, I opened it up, and it was only just two special features. It didn't even have the movie in there. It's they fuckers. messed up. It was a used thing. Ah, oh, so mad. I bought it on eBay. No, I didn't. I bought it on Amazon.
0: I bought it on Amazon.
1: I used your... No, you bought it, didn't you?
0: But then you went to return it, and we got an extra movie that we're going to podcast on soon Teen Witch. Teen Witch. You bet. And if you haven't seen that movie, don't worry, neither have we. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who so, knows? Maybe that I've opened that up, it'll be only a disc two of Teen Witch special oh, shit. features. Yeah. Although I'd be curious to watch some of those special features. Yes. I might hang on to that one and just get it on the, the eBay. All well, right. if
0: you've made it this far to the end, as always, we super appreciate you listening. Hope you had a good time. Um, if you did, leave us a positive review. Share us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Facebook's stupid, though. It's just like, you they only get to it. see our stuff if we pay, and that's bullshit. So just... Check out our website. Subscribe. Just listen to us on your way to work or whatever.
1: Oldmillennialsremember.com.
0: Oldmillennialsremember.com. Podcast. Old Millennials Remember. Movies. Uh, Thanks for listening. I'm Angela Yoshiko. I'm Tyler. Tyler Wilson. Famous people say their first and last.
1: I am not famous. Yet. Okay.
0: You are now by the time people listen to this. Okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. And we will talk at you another movie.